Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello everyone, welcome back to uh, part three of the Stopcast. Uh, Jay and I are wandering still in uh, Hyde Park. Um, we've just been talking about our walking styles and whether duck walking is a thing. I think it's a thing. I think it's when you kind of end up walking and you end up kind of sideways and you're kind of bumping into the person you're with. Uh, you call it sidecarring, which I presume means that you're the other person is supposed to lead. Yeah. Are you a leader when it comes to walking usually no. or sidecar? No, really, I mean... I mean like my twin brother and my mate Trey used to always be like, what are you doing? Stop walking towards me. <laughs> but I just generally don't think I a, know where I'm going. I like looking semi down at the floor yeah. versus up and out. Yeah. So, you know, I don't, I don't know. Do you like being with people? How do you mean? Do you like to be, do you, oh, I'll phrase it differently. Do you, like to, do you like to generally be around others or do you prefer alone time? What is your kind of comfort um, space, I guess? I, yeah, I really like being around like, you know, long roots friends. I love being around new roots friends too. Um, like when I was, and I do hate when it feels like it's marketing, but just because it's relevant. When I was writing the book, I spent so much time alone in a library, and I loved it. Mm. I think I mostly loved that I was just being using my brain instead of just whatever else I've been doing for the past thirty years. You're using your brain as well. <laughs> I well, get your point. When you're like really, you're in an alone academic time. space, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, right. but I was also alone yeah. for, for yeah, like yeah. eight hours at a time, which has been really rare, and I really enjoyed it. But mm. I think I think I'm social, but maybe not crowd social. I'm like. Mm. Group social. Do you think it's the kind of quality of, rather than the quantity of the interaction then, maybe? Yeah, and, and well also because I don't live by my family, I'm in a different country a lot of the time, I really value that time I get to spend with them. Like my mum, while I'm here in London, my mum is down seeing people, major seeing each other, my little brother, mm. you know, it's, it's important. I feel scared sometimes that everyone's growing up and I'm missing it, you know? Mm. Mm, even if you're part of it all. Yeah. So I guess uh, I, I find, um, when I think about like what I enjoy in life, I like having some variety and things that are new. I get like excited by new projects and things. But also, um, I am someone I think that really does need comfort in terms of like routine. I do my morning stomp at 7.30 every morning, me and Rolex, right. same route, and have my coffee, and you know, all these certain things that are the same for me. How, what, where do you sit in that kind of camp? Are you kind of leaning more towards you like the kind of 
Are you kind of more of a chaotic life that you like? Is it an organizer, a mixture? Yeah. What do you prefer? I, I think that I deeply crave uh, comfort now. And that's uh, like being on tour with the band, specifically being on tour, is just so uprooting. You're just all over the place. And also your career, every step of the way, is, um, you know, it's like a constant, it's a constant push and pull between management label boys and what country and where and when and everything's kind of in sort of fractals. There's no, I don't know, it's, it's a lot to process. When I started doing plays and musicals, I loved getting up every single day, going and do my warm up, stretch, sing, uh, however many hours of really intense focus while you're doing a show, where you're not just going to like the crowd, everybody jump. Yeah. You're, you have to say your lines and you yeah. have to give it some welly and you have to impress your castmates who are proper theater actors and you want to prove, hey, I'm here and I'm gonna work my ass off yeah. and like, and at the end of the day, I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna be in my digs. Yeah. Like, I like that routine. I like, I like having a regular wage packet yeah. that is not just like a, a, a random blob in various yeah. parts of the year. I like knowing, okay, cool. This is what's coming in, this is what's going out. Um, I really like that structure. So how does it, so you're kind of a mixture, is it? I mean, a I don't, yeah, a mixture. I, I think right now I create lots of structure with the odd adventure that yeah. comes out of, you know. Having a bit of variety, I say, isn't it? Was it the spice of life? Yeah, exactly. I think, I, think, I think it's true. I think having that, having that variety and that thing that kind of drives you or kind of inspires you to try new things is important. But ultimately, I, I do find it fascinating that if you look at people across the world and you put them in all sorts of different environments, they will often find routines around things. They'll do similar things you know, they'll go to a similar coffee shop or they'll go to a similar space or they'll sit, you know. It's a good social experiment if you watch, you know, if you've ever been on like a, um, like a tour bus or whatever, you know, you go to like a Rome and you're on a tour bus or whatever it might be. Yeah. And you end up, you go on, you jump on off the tour bus throughout the day as you go to see different things. You'll go and sit in the same space, even though you might not have left any of your stuff on there. Everyone will go back to pretty much exactly right. where they sat. And it's kind of interesting that humans do derive, I think, so much comfort from doing similar things and, mm -hmm. re and re repeating those kind of actions but also if we go too far and do the same thing all the time that becomes boring as well doesn't yeah it? so it's kind of finding finding that balance i guess so when you're kind of moving from the say the writing hat um you've got you know the you've got the pro book promo at the moment yeah you've got theater coming up as you've done multiple theater uh, roles does your life outside vary between those because i'd imagine like your, even your working hours are probably different when you're doing theatre and stuff. And how do you manage that? Because lots of people listening, maybe they're you know, not necessarily in, you know, in bands or in theatre, but they might have shift work and so on. And it's really useful, I think, to pull out things that you might have found have worked and helpful to dealing with like, kind of varied patterns or expectations or roles for us all to learn from, really. Hmm, well, I don't know if I'm a, the, the right person to have anything derived strongly from that because I feel like I'm not nailing that hmm. for, my, for myself. You know, like I feel like um, I'm like really conscious of missing lots of what's going on with my family, mm. and I'll like spend intense time with my family and then be gone for so long. Mm. Um, and I want that to be different. Okay, that's that's fascinating. And again, it actually goes along with what I was saying earlier. You're very open. I appreciate that. So it's kind of something that you're still trying to work on. Is that fair? Is that... Yeah. I, I, well, well, really, this is where I just think I'm. I hope that I'm going to find my feet. You know, I think that. Um, Doing this play is going to be great because I'm going to be back here for a while, right? But I'm also going to be touring, so I'll be in different places. And I will then do that thing that I always do and scrabble to meet people 
that, that are my either they're my college mates mm. like that's a you know long ass relationship and i don't want to like let them down and not miss them on their one day off work mm, mm. so i know that's going to come and then on my like my days off if i'm near nottingham i'm going to get on whatever train i need to get to to see people and i'm going to be tired but i'm going to be happy at the end of it that at least i did see who i want to see i missed two weddings um in my life that i just so regret mm. and even though if I'm getting on a plane or a train, I might be feeling pretty miserable, like, oh my God, I'm slogging. Um, I really regret not being at the weddings. And it isn't just a guilt-derived regret that the person missed me. I'm sure, like, when you're getting married, you're like, I really can't be asked about worrying who's here or not. I just want to, you know, like, enjoy my day and have no dramas and just have a lovely time. But I just wish I could have been there to see. Um, my uncle Neil, he married Auntie Baz. I miss that, I feel terrible. And my friend Vicky, uh, she, I met her in the musical Big, and she got married to um, her awesome partner, Rob. And I missed that, and I hate it. And she was pregnant, and they did it at the top of the Shard. It was a really posh wedding. And I just thought, man, it looked so fun. And you know what, I think, I think just to be fully candid, like one of my favorite memories with Tom was his wedding. And me and Max went, and he was so happy that like we turned up and not that we wouldn't, you know, we were always going to, but he was, uh, I just remember feeling like, yeah, why, of course I'm going to get the plane. Of course I'm going to get the train. And people show up for me. Like, my family really love me and support me. My friends are just, you know, they'll drop me a text and be like, oh my God, I saw this is happening. Well done. Like, I owe that to people that give that to me, you know? So I'm not going to, I'm going to be fried mm. by June next year, but it's going to be worth it. You're going to try, so you feel like almost a duty to kind of, not a duty, like a, a need to kind of make sure you're topping up those cups while you're kind of doing all the other things, i.e. that you need to have those interactions with the people you love, I guess. Yeah, yeah to be happy. Mm. And, and, and some of it will be guilt, like, oh, I hate the feeling that, like, someone was let down by me. But I really wouldn't be happy if, you know, I just think if I died next week, mm. or they did, mm. What was I playing at, you know, mm. but I just sort of, I needed to, I do take days off, of course, I've got loads of time off. Mostly when I do a play, I mean, think how much of your day is free when you do a play. Mm. Mm. Um, so I'm not like some weird overworked person. So you kind of do have some of that balance, but perhaps because of the location of where you are and the timing, exactly. that can be the thing that's difficult. Logistics, hard, life's hard. No, life can be, life's, uh, life's challenging, it's finding, finding those balances, I guess. But I'll take it. Yeah, we've got it. well. It. It's the life. What is it? We're all doing life for the first time, and this is the one you've got, isn't it? So right. Trying to make the most of it. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello. Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. You mentioned Tom there, um, and I wonder whether and how much that's, and, and I'm very sorry for your loss. Um, Thank you. Of course. Likewise. But yes, I mean, I mean, grief, unfortunately, is it's a sad, uh, inevitable sound, such a hard and harsh way of putting but it unfortunately it feels that way perhaps that grief is such a part of our life like the life there's life and there is death and I think that perhaps it teaches us something I don't know explore something within yourself losing someone so important in your life to lose to lose Tom how did that impact the way that you live your life or see life I mean, you mentioned going to, to the wedding and so on and how important that was do, do you find that that carries through in your life now mm, yeah I think I think it just compounds a lot of what I feel. Like it, it, compa- it puts a like the idea that we die is just such a like wild thought, and it's also a very simple one that's completely understandable. But when you're confronted with it, I feel like all the institutions that are meant to serve us in guiding us to whatever we're meant to feel about mm. it are also like you know my family all raised Catholic, but there's you know, Muslims, Jewish people, mm. a million different faiths, mm. faiths. And I feel completely let down by most of those institutions because I don't see very many really successful, peaceful religions that s- serve the living as well as the dead. So I feel like I just find it also confusing because it just doesn't seem to make sense. And you mean that in the sense of in the sense of processing loss? Is that what you mean, or understand it? Like, coming to terms with loss? What do you mean? Hmm, I think that... I mean, it's, it, it just always leads me da- back down to, like, silly, uh, uh, you know, giant questions that don't really take you in there. Like, what's the meaning of... Like, mm. what are we here for? And maybe it's just to spend time with each other, and it's the universe is curious and enjoying mm. itself as much as it's teaching itself a lesson. But, like, that doesn't really help in the daily. No, I, I, I guess I get you, but I, I guess yeah, it, it's it's a it's a really um, it's a it's a big one to grapple like the meaning of uh, meaning of life, isn't it? And like what what is life? But then I guess there's a, there's a bit of I always think like what is life without death? Like would you would you want to stay forever? Would you want to be everlasting? Gosh, it's very deep. Yeah. Um, but no, I, but I, I my answer is I wouldn't. I think I, I thought about this as like, I wouldn't want to be around because because also inevitably. You, you have the suitcase with you that is your capacity and that fills up, right? All the things you experience, good and bad, go in that suitcase and eventually that suitcase is kind of full. And I, I think, I don't know, I mean, I've got so much more life hopefully to live and enjoy, but I, hope so too. I, 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 I do, uh, yes, let's touch some wood. It's a nice bench. Everyone get that tap, tap that wood, Charlie, please, if you can, as you go past. Um, it's, yeah, it's something I have, I have actually thought about. I'm like, would you honestly want to be around forever? What, where, where it's very difficult, in the case with Tom, in the case with like my brother and so many people I'm sure listening will have many you know, people in your lives and, and I'm sorry for all of your loss as well, of course. Like you, you will have experience and go, well, yeah, but wasn't that person's time? That's the bit I grapple with, where it's like, we imagine like life and death is like going through life, you experience those things, you work, you have kids, family, you become a grandparent, you become old and you kind of pass away peacefully. It's the bit that doesn't follow that narrative I find hard. I.e. like how do you justify that, well how do you comprehend that like a 19 year old, my brother who's supposed to go to university, you know, passes or someone like Tom is like literally in 
early or you know early thirties, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like early phase of life really I would right. say. Yeah, like how new, do you grapple that's the but I'm like, how do you how do you grapple that? That is the thing that I think I struggle with. I feel you. And and I feel like um the idea that maybe, you know, if it all if it is just a, a natural cyclical animals born, mm-hmm. gone, I guess that's almost uh answers all the questions, it's cool, done. Yeah. But then if it's that afterwards it all becomes some big conglomerate or heavenly mm. something i'm confused why what you do in the interim here mm. when well, i don't know it's just i'm i think i'm still grappling what how everything that happened and it just affected so many people mm. it's just so odd mm. it's kind of like that thing where you imagine, and I often think, like with people that I love ones that I've put, like lost, you think, oh well, I hope that I get to, I've got a tattoo on my wrist that says we will meet again. Mm. Um, I perhaps in hope when they ask, but you kind of think, oh, there might be an afterlife. But then it is so hard because, like you say, you look around you, and it's kind of hard to kind of perhaps convince yourself that when you look around in the world and think, is is there truly like what? Why is all this stuff happen if, you know, if if that is meant to be and if you're kind of going to go somewhere like good afterwards it's kind of hard to to get your head around it isn't it really to kind of make it make sense I guess that's why we just gotta we're here in the now and and I, and I I guess whenever I go down those paths of those thoughts I kind of try and come back and think well actually well I don't have those answers but I can kind of do my best I can have a lovely now, egg sandwich today yeah I can have a lovely like ham I'll probably have a ham and cheese after oh, this, lovely. Actually. I love a ham and cheese usually from Pratt or something a nice ham and cheese uh, sandwich um, <laughs> Yeah. Imagine, right, if at the end of whatever happens when you pass away, yeah, yeah. you know, you go through a curtain or whatever yeah. it is, you through the light, yeah. imagine if everyone's there and they just go, oh, yeah, got, got you, wasn't that good? This is not a good joke. Wasn't that wasn't a good right. one? Didn't yeah. you really feel? Yeah, like, maybe yeah. that's it. Maybe that's, maybe that's what happened, who knows? But perhaps then, then I guess, is that the, I, say this, I said this before, is that the beauty in life then that we yeah. don't know? Because if we did know, add, that, perhaps yeah. that... Uh, but yes, but then you go like, oh, well, would I, I'd rather not have this. <laughs> That's life, right? We've got to try to yeah. make the most of it and, uh, and I guess enjoy it. What, what a, you know, just a page, I guess, uh, you know, to Tom, what are you kind of, what are your, what are your kind of overarching kind of memories? Or like if you were to reach back to a time, would it be the wedding that you look back and have that kind of, so you often do have memories of people, I think. Like I, I think of certain people in my life and I just have moments that capture them, I think. I wonder yeah. if you could share one. Well, I mean, I, the best thing about remembering Tom is that, like, so many of, like, he was, like, the, the wanted, like, uh, sort of spiritual bodyguard. And he, he was, like, really reactive, um, just so funny. Like, he's from Bolton, so a yeah. really thick Bolton accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it we'd does. be in meetings with, like, really big wig record labels, and he was not intimidated by anyone. Yeah. And he was, like, a short, short guy, and... He knew that no one had the right to talk to him how some people did try and talk to us. Mm. And he would just look at me and I'm like, fuck off, mate, it's not right. No. <laughs> and like, what an like always That's just, so good. isn't it amazing? <laughs> and That's so good. I just, like, every time I think of him getting absolutely furious and yeah. pissed off on our behalf, yeah. it was just like the best, best feeling. So and, kind of a, a, gar- a guardian in a way then, perhaps. Yeah. And he's married to a really... Southern Bromley girl, yeah. and they were just so dynamic. Like there was such a joy mm-hmm. to be around them. And he's some Bolton boy. They got in some like cheesy boy band, 
and married like his blonde girl that he met out clubbing. Come on, babe, I oh, fucking love him. He's yeah. like, I think she's the love of my life. <laughs> and they got married and they had kids. Like, it was just perfect, hilarious. And like, he was such a, um, such, he wasn't like a machismo man, but he was just such a lad. Like, a lad, he, like when he auditioned for The Wanted, he like spent a pound to get on this bus that went down to London and do the audition. And I remember he came in, he had a guitar and he was like, he was asking everyone questions about the dancing because he had no dancing. Yeah. He's like, mate, is it like your shoulder like that or that? And he's like, he's just a full <laughs> life force. And then terrible dancer. <laughs> like hunchback, like, tr- you know, like doing all the hand signals. Okay, okay. You know, like he was brilliant. Handy to have someone like that in the band though because then it makes you be- look better, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, when he's it comes a to the dancing, great like, singer, like his raw vocal was so yeah, powerful. Yeah. But it was just, Tom was raw, you know? And he was free in a way that, you know, I'll overthink and I'll just, you know, he was just brilliant, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Wow, well, it's just like hearing you talk about him, like you, you light up and it's just, I guess that's, maybe that answers some of why, like we meet people and have these chapters of people in life and whatever reason the chapter open or cl- opens or closes, people leave something with you, don't they? They teach you something that yeah. goes long after they've, you know, moved on in terms of, yeah, life or yeah, if they pass, it's kind of like, they leave you with these experiences and lessons perhaps. Yeah. As well. So, okay, so yeah. if we scale out cosmic, I'm trying to make sense of this here. Yeah. So say, you know how like, if you go through uni with friends, mm. or you go through the wanted with friends, mm. or, you go through, or, or mm. you're in a horrible um, life scary thing, mm. like a mm. car accident or plane mm. crash, and all those people you're with, you share this pain or this joy, mm. and maybe the bigger the joy is or the bigger the pain is, the more meaningful your relationship becomes with that person. Yeah. So if we go through the curtain at the end, and you're like, hey, like maybe this is all just going through stuff to get to know each other or to get to know ourselves, yeah. the universe fragmented into a gazillion people, yeah. you know, passing some time, literally. <laughs> and then you go through and it, maybe. I guess, I guess if not, it's, it's that life, I guess life just constantly teaches you. Maybe, I, 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 what God, do you think? Can I you not give me an answer? Come on. I can't, <laughs> I, I like to think, I, I, don't know, I don't know, some people attribute me to be wise. I don't think I am that wise, but um, you, you, I don't know. It's, it, for me anyway, I, I just hope at least that it all serves a, a purpose that perhaps even if we don't go on to, you know, pass the curtain with other people, then at least we leave what we have left in a better for the state. People or like you here. leave an interaction you're with or, you know, I was talking the other day uh, with, Richard, with Richard Hammond about this, and he was kind of talking about like how, um, you know, it's really, it's hard when you get older, you wonder how can you influence that younger generation or like support and help them. I'm like, but then kind of like you passing down and like, say you have your children and you pass values to them and then they pass it on. That almost is, isn't it? It's like you're almost passing down like a, a learning to, to yeah. other people. Perhaps, perhaps that's you know, what it is. One thing I found, to answer Richard Hammond's thing, what can an old person offer a young person? I sort of got obsessed with this idea that, um, you know, like when you go to a funeral mm. and like, you might just start giggling or you might have a laugh or you might cry and cry and cry. You know, I've been both a child and the adult at a funeral. Mm. And I've been like the little nibbling nephew. Mm. And I've also been the uncle mm. at the funeral. And sometimes like being a grandparent mm. or a parent or the uncle or the person at the funeral, you experience it at an age where the person maybe you, you relate to has passed away. Mm-hmm. You know, so say you're a grandma or a granddad, newly, mm. you might, don't you sometimes hear you, yourself saying what your parents said to you? Yeah. 
Now, when you're a grandparent and you hear yourself saying that, you're like, oh my God, that's what granddad must have felt. Yeah. And you connect to them even though they're gone because you're like, wow, God, that's so, my that's granddad really must have felt that when he said that to me. That's such and a powerful way of looking at it, actually. Like, that really, that really does make sense. And yeah, you kind of look at, yeah, you know, I guess when you're younger, you like imagine like, oh, what is it like to be like, you know, 70 or something? <laughs> when you're 70, you know what it's like because you are 70 and that's when oh you kind of triggers it. Yeah. The, the other way around is yeah. worse. When you're a kid and like a parent or like a granddad yeah, yeah. or someone, and they just kiss you too much and there's like yeah, yeah. stubble on or you yeah, smell yeah, like beer breath off, yeah. or fag breath, whatever. Yeah. Now you get to be the weird uncle that's like, I love you. Like, yeah, yeah. why, like, why are they me. not, just stop kissing my yeah, forehead. Yeah. You know, but you're like, I now know what my, uncles and aunties were getting out of this. They just want to hold the baby, you know? Gosh, well, I guess that's a lovely point for us to do our health fact of the week. The fact out of all that, which we haven't really established no, the final rambling, fact, sorry. but we have established that uh, if nothing else, then, uh, you know, enjoy being the age you are, you know, if, give your kids plenty of hugs. Don't yeah. complain when your, you know, your mum gives you a kiss or whatever. I just still complain when my mum kisses me. I'm like, get off. Yeah, my mum's touch is horrible. She always like, just kiss my mum, just give me a hug. I don't want to kiss, but <laughs> perhaps I'll stop moaning about that. Let's do our health uh, fact of the, of the week, yeah, shall great. we? So, the University of Liverpool conducted a study which showed that people who read are more likely to have higher levels of satisfaction in their lives. The study also found that 19% of people say that reading stops them from feeling lonely and that 27% of the UK population have been inspired to make a positive change in their life off the back of reading a book. I guess definitely in terms of change, I mean most of, most of the things that I've kind of learned that have probably changed my life, I'd say probably comes from books I've read. I mean The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle was probably one of like, I think certainly when I'm in my kind of late teenage early 20s mm. that I think really really taught me about for example the fact that you are not your thoughts and those kind of kind of concepts so that makes sense and um, the satisfaction one's interesting where do you think that comes from people feel more satisfied with their lives that you know people that read well maybe more well, my stab in the dark would be I feel like life on earth is pretty fast-paced for most humans and you know if you live in the countryside you have plenty of time to read and that's lovely and I'm sure they're very satisfied but if you're a city folk kind of person and you take your time away from a screen or the TV or the radio and you let yourself slow down and read some thoughts that were I guess meaningful enough to someone else to take the time to write them I don't know maybe you got you're lucky to have that time and also you're lucky to, to sort of disengage mm. from the mm. blinking lights it's like it's like that almost a um, there's like a hyper stimulation isn't there with the city life there's like the always plugged in thing of like not even just city life I think just mod, modern life as well perhaps plugging into a book that like for example say reading yours you are you know you're going to take yourself out of this world yeah they're obviously like parallels drawn and things but you're kind of like it's escapism I guess is it isn't yeah it escapism in that sense you're going somewhere else where maybe your challenges aren't the things you need to think about tomorrow aren't there you're going into a different place aren't you? and and it's a very it's almost a one side. well, it's a safe place. Here's how I think so. So when you're reading a book, you're having a conversation essentially with someone or they're telling you something or, or, they're, or they're painting a picture for you, but there's zero pressure for you to react. True. Zero pressure for you to say what you think about it. You just feel it. And I feel like a book is like, we've stopped walking and now I'm, now I'm looking you in the eyes mm. and I'd rather be walking because pretend. because I we can feel, duck walk again. I feel, <laughs> sidecar together. I feel like a pressure to react to yeah. to show you how I'm feeling and how I feel about how you're feeling. Yeah. 
and books are a safe place where you don't have that at all. Yeah. Screens have that, but there's some sort of tax on the body. I can feel it in my eyes, in my head. Books don't have that. You spend, you go at your own pace. It's internal. I love him. It's also your own imagination. And so like five people might read your book. Obviously a lot more than five people hopefully will read your book. <laughs> I think no, you're probably I'm fortunate. <laughs> I think of rather a few, but the, my perspective is that I guess that say like say you, you pick five of us. Actually, it's four or five of us stood here. Yeah. Say we read read the book, right? Each of you will have a different creation of what that character will look like in the world they're in. 100%. Isn't it so weird that if you hadn't watched, for example, Harry Potter, yeah, before you'd watched those films, I remember reading the first or second book before the films came out, you you would have a different vision of what Harry looked like, 100%. Hermione or, or... I did, I remember my, so I remember weird, OG it? Harry, yeah. Yeah, and He's then, skinnier. And then it changes, and then you see them as the person on the film, it and that does, changes yeah. that. But that, isn't that so weird that you'll have every single person who reads it yeah. will have a different creation in their mind coming off the same words? So I got some advice recently from my editors about the way I was writing, and I was really determined that I would describe this climbing scene really how I pictured it. And it was taking so long, but I, was, I wanted everyone to see exactly what I saw, and it was boring. It was really boring. I enjoyed writing it because it was like a practice for my brain. But she said to me, you're not, this is, you're writing in watercolor. Everyone is gonna have a hazy version of what you're picturing. As long as you're writing the truth of what you see, yeah. someone is gonna fill in all the blanks with their own details. Yeah. So don't try and describe every detail. Just paint in watercolor, and everyone will have their own little wishy-washy painting in their head, you know, it's not a photo until they release a film. And, and then, then they like, ruin it. Emma Watson, <laughs> nah, it's got to have bigger teeth. They ruin it. Jay, it's been a great stomp. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Um, I appreciate it. Everyone make sure you either pre-order or order right now the, the, the book and so on. And yeah, I appreciate you all kind of continuing the stomp with me. And yeah, for me personally, kind of crazy that you've been there ironing your boxes, whatever it might be, <laughs> yeah, having literally. listened to the stomp cast. That's pretty cool. There you go. Um, thank you so much to, to all of you. Look after yourselves. We'll see you on Behind the Stomp Cast um, on Apple Podcasts if you subscribe to that. And if not, um, I'll see you on the next episode of the podcast. Take care and goodbye. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Jesse Cruikshank. Jesse Cruikshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout. Because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl, yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. <laughs>